Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you know who it is. It's the big guy with the big show, the Lord Nelson, that is. Yeah. <laughs> From the podcast Live and Loud with the Lord on the CMS Network with Five Royals Entertainment. And ladies and gentlemen, you see this young man right here. This, you see, the, it's always good to have another handsome face on here to add to the show. <laughs> you see him over there. Doing this thing, and as always, I like to read a few things about this young man to big him up, to let him know how I feel as I dug into his catalog to, to see who he was, and um, I want you to check this out. So, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is one of those drummers slash musicians that is an undeniable force filled with energy and passion, delivering a mainstream rock sound that is massive and bold with a harmonious element that pleasures the ears of the masses. This young man is a definite creative, sharing his outstanding abilities with a few bands and continues to brand like, yeah, his awesome <laughs> musical talents in your mental. He is also an amazing host for the show, uh, the Mind Meld Podcast. We had to talk about that a little bit. You let me know what's up with that. And I am honored, yeah. thankful, and grateful to have him blessed the live and loud with the Lord show with his presence. So without further ado, I welcome for you the incredible David Perry of Fear of Water. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah thank you for having me. What, a, what an amazing intro. Good to be Come here. On, man. Uh, big fan. Yeah, really happy to, uh, to be sitting here with you today. Hey, man. Awesome, man. No, thank you, man. I've, I've definitely been, I'm, I'm very appreciative. I really do. So my first question to everybody always is, where are you from, young man? I am originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, born and raised there. And I just, at, after a certain point, I realized that the the Wisconsin winters were crushing every <laughs> ounce of happiness and artistic joy out of me. So I moved about 10 years ago to Austin, Texas, and now I wear shorts on Christmas. And it's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. listen, it, it has to be definitely cold up there, man. Milwaukee, you yeah. know, I'm thinking about Wayne's World. What do they say? Mil Milwaukee? Yes. Oh, Mealy, Mealy Wauke, it's, it's, it's Algonquin, Algonquin for the good land. Yes. Yeah. 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 Awesome, man. I appreciate it. So what was the best thing when you were there about being from Milwaukee? So when I say this, I'm surprised at the amount of people who don't know what I'm talking about. And I'll be curious to see if your listeners are, are aware of this. So Milwaukee is famous for it's a it's a smaller city. You know, people call it a suburb of Chicago to kind of be a dick and, and poke at the, the city. But um, it's most famous for Summerfest, which is by the metrics. It's the largest music festival in America. And I know really? that it doesn't have. Yeah, it doesn't have the name cachet of like Bonnaroo or Lollapalooza or Coachella mm -hmm. or anything like that. But it's instead of it being one weekend, it's 11 straight days. It got chopped up a little bit during COVID. But for 50 years. It's been 11 straight days, 11 stages, all 11 of those stages every single night, even like a Wednesday in the middle of July have serious headliners, either from like current top 40 of whatever genre you listen to, or like journey or Ario speedwagon yeah. or um, ice cube or like whatever, you know, boy band you liked in the nineties. Like it is in an enormous gathering of bands right on Lake Michigan. It's an unbelievable it's incredibly well run. It's it's scenic. You if you're used to the madness of like Lollapalooza or something like that, Milwaukee is a much more manageable city. So you get like 
top tier entertainment that you would get at any music festival, but 11 days of it. And it's easy to navigate the city. It doesn't like make you go broke. Um, it's amazing. And like, I've, I did that every single year since I could like get on a bus as a kid. So maybe like sixth or seventh grade right. uh, all until I moved to Austin. So like I, if you haven't heard of Summerfest, if you haven't visited Milwaukee, the middle of summer, this is the perfect time to go. Like it's amazing music festival, whatever music you like, like it will be there. Uh, it's great. Yeah. What's so wild about that? I'm, I say it all the time and I don't even know if people really understand how visual I am. So you just took me on a journey, really, and I'm seeing everything, and I'm looking, yeah. and I'm looking at the stages, and I'm looking at the artists, and and then you're speaking about like you know uh, how beautiful it is, and all the you know, and then July, and then I'm just yeah. and I'm just saying to myself, and then I'm like, well, it's close to Chicago also, so those stars could get in there and boom, and get there and get you know get in and get out. And, no, listen, it just sounds amazing, you know, from what I can visualize. So yeah, yeah, no, well. That's, that's a really good point. So talking about being close to Chicago, it's it's a love-hate thing that I have where while Summerfest is great, unfortunately, Milwaukee is in such close proximity to Chicago. Uh-huh. And then it's kind of halfway between like Minneapolis, Detroit, Indianapolis, that there's not enough major music venues in Milwaukee that you'd see some of your some of the biggest tours going around the country would almost always skip Milwaukee unless right. it was something like Summerfest. So I would have to go to Chicago or something like that. And I that's a, a shortcoming of Milwaukee that they've never truly invested in like um a house of blues mm. or a more rock oriented venue on a larger scale uh and i just think that they're suffering artistically and economically because of it um, it's unfortunate but yeah now i got you man indeed indeed and then of course also laverne and shirley man did, did, did we forget that i'm an older oh, dude yeah. so you know i know a little bit about that yeah. <laughs> wave at the bottles yeah that's, i mean that's dude, happy days happy days yeah, uh yeah. That, that 70s show yeah like right, there's a lot of, right. a lot of a lot of wisconsin <laughs> a lot of wisconsin yeah indeed indeed yeah. so are you um into sports and and you know we we, we know what's up there i gotta ask that question because i'm a pittsburgh yeah. Steelers fan i'm a pittsburgh sure. Steelers fan and and i and i have a have a few people that are from up that way and and they love those those guys. So so, are you into sports? Yeah. And uh, are you a mild cheesehead or a sharp one? <laughs> That's a great way. That's a phenomenal way of phrasing it. I'm a, I'm I'm a mild cheesehead. I might even say I'm slightly <laughs> lactose intolerant. To continue with the metaphor, um, just yeah. at a certain point in life, I need I I needed to make room for music and just right. an obsession with sports, which all of my family is. And and interestingly, my parents are from. Chicago, so they're mm-hmm. Bears fans, but my brothers are Packers fans, and yes. um, so I'm, I'm enough of a Packer fan that I'm very happy when they do well, but when they do poorly, I don't even know about it. it has no <laughs> impact on me whatsoever. That's like a nice little sweet spot to be in for sure. I got you, no doubt, man. No, yeah. no, the, yeah. the older I get, uh, the more I'm just like, you know, I can't control it. So you know, I, I'm yeah. falling back a lot, man. You know, I'm just like, let yeah. let them do what they do, and if they win. They're good. And, and and I do have a line in one of my songs that I wrote. I'm I'm not from the Middle East, but I pack a stand like those Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> and those Packer fans. Because yeah. listen, it's, it's just who I am. And it's just, just out yeah. of respect for the Packers also, man. So it's a beautiful thing. Sure. So, so listen, yeah, so I will right. say my, my hold on my I gotta say the one piece of Packers credit that I should that I can proudly own is that in two I'm gonna might get the year wrong, but in 2012 uh-huh. I went to the Packers 49ers division playoff game Ooh. and it was with the wind chill at Lambeau Field. It was negative 65. I will say that again, negative 65. Here in Austin, when it gets to 
regulars, like 65 above zero people are yeah. putting on jackets and hats. And I'll be like, I've literally <laughs> watched a three and a half hour game outside in a hundred degrees colder than this. That so it's just, crazy. You know, yeah, people that can't is, adjust. That is, that is, yeah. That's crazy, man. That weather is bananas. <laughs> and I can understand yeah. you moving to Austin, man. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, now we got got you know a little bit of preliminary stuff out the way. I like to talk. I mean, just you know, so everybody gets comfortable and it's all love. So, yeah, if you don't mind, can we speak about you being born deaf and yeah, sure. and your incredible journey to recovery? Because I'm truly interested in this, man. Because of what you've done, and I don't want to talk too much because I want to hear what you say about this, man. I'm very interested in hearing this. Yeah, it's a bizarre journey that I was unknowingly sent on, and and I want to start off by saying that like suffering is subjective. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people, everyone suffers and I'm very empathetic to that. And I think we all, it's part of the human condition is that when you are going through it, your suffering is relative to yourself. Like you are entitled to be upset or even depressed or feel like the world is against you when things are going poorly relative to your life. The whole thing about like there are starving kids in China doesn't, really have an impact on you in terms of like, if you're going through it, if you're going through a divorce, if you're battling sub, uh, you know, substance abuse, anything like that, other people suffering shouldn't make you suffer less. So I, I just want to, before I go into this story, which might sound like, woe is me. I, I just want to say I'm very empathetic to the suffering of others. Um, but what's interesting is that, so getting into the story, I wasn't even aware of what was necessary. I'm using air quotes. What was wrong with me? Um, so I was born for, for a long time. Um, I was born with incredibly extensive damage and infection in my ears. And this, this infection started in the womb. Um, so when I came out, I was what they would call clinically deaf in the way that, you know, I'm wearing glasses. I have a, my, my eyeballs are also pretty broken. Um, I'm not allowed to like a lot of people with bad prescriptions, like can't drive a car without their corrective lenses, which is why on their license, it says like corrective lenses because right. it's a requirement for the safety of others. That's what's called like legally blind. So, mm-hmm. so think about it in that sense, because mm-hmm. there is um, like a hundred percent deaf, which is not something you can recover from. So in case your listeners are like, that doesn't, how can you be deaf and then not deaf? So I, in that sense, um, I had totally non-functioning, highly damaged and infected eardrums mm-hmm. Um and the doctors weren't able to figure out for a while what was going on, why I wasn't responding to certain, you know, audio stimuli, things like that. And an infant can't like point at their ears and be like, these aren't working. Again, you don't know. You don't know what your body does or, or anything like that. So um, over the years, with them, when they ruled things out, like, is he autistic? Is he on the spectrum? Is, is he actually deaf? Um, they realized what was going on and it was just this like pervasive infection. Um, so through years of like, um, surgeries, really hardcore medications that aren't, they were FDA approved and are no longer FDA approved because they were creating like spinal cord deterioration, Mm. um, like a lot of crazy stuff. And then went through years, years of speech therapy. I wasn't talking until I was about six. Um, but I, I eventually recovered, but I was starting to talk at a time where people where kids around me, my peers were learning arithmetic and writing cursive and how to read a clock and how to tie their shoes and like using their short term memory for like history dates and stuff like that. I start, I was starting from scratch at that point. So, um, I went through every single year, first through sixth grade did terribly. Um, like literally at second, third grade, I couldn't, couldn't read a clock, couldn't tie my shoes, 
could barely write my name, couldn't remember like three syllable words. Like I was at an enormous disadvantage because my brain was playing catch up because I just started right. hearing. Um, and it was really frustrating. Like I, I really felt isolated. And then at that point in time, when I'm surrounded by my peers, the, the, the suffering objective thing starts to kick in where it's like, oh, I'm realizing that I got screwed. Like I got a raw deal. I got dealt a bad hand. I didn't realize until I'm here. And now I'm realizing that this is essentially a competition um, for academics, for girls, for friends, for teacher approval, for whatever. And I'm doing terribly at all of it because I'm so regressed right. for everyone else. So while that was going on, I'm failing every single grade. I'm kind of acting out emotionally and socially because I feel like I'm, I've already lost the race, so to speak. During that time, I start really diving into music. That's right around that time that I discovered Nevermind by Nirvana and mm. Pre-Hate My Machine by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> and that, that kind of became my language. And I was so consumed with the music and the beats, the driving force, the under... I have no musical knowledge at this point, but just starting to compute, like, what do these instruments mean to me? What do these emotions mean to me? And understanding what a scream feels like versus what a, a emotional falsetto feels like. Again, not understanding the terms, but just identifying these things in music. Right. And after, you know, several years of the struggle, I was just like, I'm fuck it. Like I'm, uh, is it all right if we swear? Sorry. Of I didn't course. ask ahead of time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm doing music. Like even as a little kid, I was like this, everyone else can do this scholastic thing or whatever and play sports and I'm doing music. So mm-hmm. I just started teaching myself how to play instruments uh, wow. terribly. This was pre YouTube, not to date myself, but like it was literally sitting down with my, you know, my CD of, of Nevermind um, mm. and holding my brother's, you know, Betancourt model, uh, Washburn guitar and just being like, I've seen videos of people like on MTV. I understand that like one hand strums up and down. The other hand does something <laughs> to make the notes. And I literally spent months just being like, is this a note? Nope. Is this a note? That sounds kind of like something. And uh, it affected like my entire approach to all music. I have no classical training. I ended up doing like I play in insane tunings um, that worked well with this, this way of trial and error of learning guitar. And um, anyways, so bringing a full circle um, in sixth grade, again, failed every single grade. I'm getting more and more distance kind of from, society and my peers and just being like the, the only thing I understand is music but I wasn't good at music in fact I was I had no ambidexterity and as I'm trying to learn how to play drums I'm doing these these you know boom chink boom boom chink the basic most basic drum beats and I'm realizing I'm like a marionette that when I lift this arm this leg goes up and when I lift my left arm my left leg goes up I could not separate the two and it was incredibly frustrating because I could wow. look at Dave Grohl in the smells like teen spirit video and be like, mm. I get what he's doing. Like I understand the components. I just physically can't do it. And it reminded me a lot of my speech therapy uh, when I was coming out of deafness where my, my therapist would be like bottle. And I would understand that this is a bottle and she's going, Oh, you know, I understood what she's doing with her mouth. I understood what it was. I understood how it's spelled. But then when it came to me saying it, I would just stutter and get completely frustrated. Right. So that was happening with drumming. And I have this very specific memory of my family, spring break, we're driving from Wisconsin to Florida in this giant conversion van. And I'm listening to uh, the Load album by Metallica on my mm-hmm. disc man in the back of the van. And I'm just listening to this song over and over again that has this very straightforward drum beat. And I'm air drumming and I'm just doing it over and over again. I'm just 
persistent. I'm doing it wrong, but I'm persistent. And literally on the like 80th time <laughs> of playing the song, there's this pop in my head, like a little, like what your ears feel like on an airplane. It was that times a hundred. And it was so visceral that I actually like threw my headphones off and looked around. I have two older brothers. I was like, someone must've punched me in the back of the head or something. Um, but no one was around me. And I was like, what just had like hurt. There was a, there was a huge release inside of my skull. And after calming down of 15 minutes of trying to figure out what was going on, I calmed down, put my headphones back on, push play on the song and the strings were clipped. I just had ambidexterity. I was like, holy shit, it's happening. It's happening. And then I listened to the whole album and all of a sudden I can like, I, I understand wow. fills and I understand like, you know, poly beats um, and all the spring break. I just, I, we were by the beach. I was like, fuck this. I don't care. I just sat in my room with my disc man and my, my, you know, book of CDs. And I'm just listening to, you know, smash by offspring and, and never mind uh, by <clears throat> Nirvana and just, playing all these drums. And I'm so excited about to get home and play on my real instruments. We get home, spring breaks over, go back to school. All of a sudden I can read a clock. I can tie my wow. shoes. I, my wow. short-term memory comes back. I start retaining vocabulary. And I, at this point, and since then I've, I've spoken to a neurologist about this and this pop that I was talking about happens with like stroke victims or people who have severe head trauma mm -hmm. that it's literal like scar tissue in the gray matter of your brain. Like, separating and allowing synapses to occur wow. opening new like neural pathways in your brain to have parts of your your brain your subconscious your thinking mind your your animal mind communicate with each other that haven't before so like at that point i realized it's literally like i don't believe in fate per se but like it is it feels like a genetic destiny like music has given me so much of my life back that I realized at this point that I, it would be foolish for me to squander that, um, that, that this is so important and core to my foundation that I have to fully dedicate myself to this. So from that point forward, I, I've learned, I've taught myself as many instruments as possible and then started teaching myself production and how to record and how to program drums and how to engineer and how to uh, master. And it's just been like an obsession since then. Man, that, I'm here, man. I'm telling you, man, goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> That is incredible because once again, I'm so visual. So I once again, I I was with you that whole time. And so when you said that pop thing, I hear it, and I'm like, wow, that yeah. is that is really incredible, man. And and yeah. the reason why I was really interested also is that I have a cousin who's deaf, and um, okay. Theodore, and and so my whole life he's older than me, but I. I you know, he always signed language, the whole nine always. And, you know, and I, I re remember he would always get frustrated that we didn't understand. He's yeah. super smart. He always had a great job doing what he did. And um, but it was frustrating for him not when we wouldn't understand. So he was finally got to the point where he was just like, give me a pen and a paper. And let me just write this down <laughs> so you guys can understand. But we were younger, you know, it was still yeah. hard. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, but I remember my wife when uh, I introduced him to my wife. I remember my wife knows sign language. And so he was speaking to her and she was speaking to him and it was just unbelievable. He just smiled and he's just like, oh, you know, whatever. And she was just like, yeah. And it's so cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So 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 there's this movie that came out two years ago called The Sound of Metal that I would right? suggest yeah. uh -huh. everyone watches. Okay. Yeah. So for those who haven't seen it, it's a movie about a, a uh, like a punk rock duo 
uh, that are also recovering heroin addicts and they're engaged. And the music is what keeps them straight. Like, yeah. it, like dedicating themselves to their music career is what's helping them in recovery. Right. Um, they don't value their ear protection at all. They never wear earphones or anything like that during a show, which if you're a musician, even if you're mm-hmm. a concert, like wear fucking earplugs. <laughs> There's really good earplugs out there that yeah. only cut out the like harsh frequencies and it doesn't affect the music at all. But there's right. certain high end frequencies that physically tear at the insides of your ear, your ear canal, your eardrum, and yeah. you can't, you don't get that back. So right. please take it seriously. But anyways, this movie does a phenomenal job yeah. of depicting his journey into hearing loss and then deafness. And one of the most amazing things that it does to the, the point about your family member is that it really shows the deaf community as like, they don't, that is their community. Sign language is their language. It's not mm-hmm. a bandaid. Right. It's not a temporary solution. It is, this is their culture. Um, so the drummer, the main character wants to get cochlear implants, which is this uh, electronic device that interprets sound waves in a way that simulates hearing. It's very tinny and awful. It might be for some people better than nothing, but mm-hmm. um, he gets embraced by this deaf community of other people who are also in recovery. And all he's talking about is I need to raise money. I need to get this implant. And all these other people are saying like, they don't say this exactly, but it's something like saying like, that's like saying I need to not be French or I need to not be white. So I'm like, like, this is who you are. This is our culture. This is our language. And that it's actually kind of insulting to have you being so adamant about like, I need to not be this culture. So it really Mm -hmm. gives a different perspective. Oh man. Listen, once again, man, just a great segment, man. I love that. And I love when things are just good for me. I want it to be good for everybody, and I know it shall be. Because you know, when you speak about empathy, I'm a very empathetic person, man. So now nah, that was sure. that was that was, mo- <laughs> that was great. Man. <laughs> so, so that was really that moment. What 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 called you to drums more than anything else? Um, it's <laughs> a good question. So, I uh, failure would be the short answer. Um. <laughs> Uh, when in fourth grade, again, I'm still just at the peak of like my cognitive brain Mm -hmm. rebelling against me. And I just can't, I just failing everything. Mm -hmm. Um, in fourth grade, you get the opportunity to try out for band and the band tryouts are, you get this little plastic song flute called the recorder. It's a shitty piece of plastic with three holes in it. And you play like hot cross buns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or or jingle bells and you play yeah. real slow and you have this sheet music with huge notes and you get basically two weeks to learn how to play this three note instrument and play like hot cross buns right, hot um <laughs> i couldn't even do that and but i was adamant to my band teacher like i, I saxophone is the coolest instrument i want to play it actually jazz was my first favorite style of music really? yeah. yeah again before i understood okay. anything about music there was just something about how frenetic and energetic and interesting it was so i was like i was really drawn to sax and my band teacher i'll always remember mr hots spelled with a z Mm -hmm. um was very like encouraging of my desire to be a musician but he was also didn't sugarcoat he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot you straight you struggle so much with this this is the most simplistic thing i can give you this three note plastic recorder a saxophone is 500 times more complex than this this will probably make you quit music. Mm-hmm. It's like, I really think that where you're currently at, we can develop these skills, but I got to put you in the percussion section. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, this is bullshit. This is like the reject section. I'm, we just stand in the back of the room and like hit stuff. Right. And within one week, <laughs> within one week, when you're, <clears throat> when you're in a band room, for those who haven't done it in school or maybe seen an orchestra before, 
you're in the driver's seat of the 50 musicians in front of you. Like you are literally driving without you. You're relying on this conductor with his silent baton and that's not rhythm. That's there's nothing primal or tribal about that. So I realized very early on that like when I pick up this mallet and hit this kettle drum or this timpani or the snare drum, like 50 people change what they're doing to align with what me and my, right. my bandmates are doing. Yeah. I started thinking about music that way. I went back and listened to Nevermind and I was like, oh, Dave Grohl is the reason why I like Nirvana. Like everyone, you know, you think like, oh, the, this song is catchy or uh, Kurt Cobain has a good voice or something. But I was like, no, it's the driving force of the drums. It completely yeah. changed the way that I viewed all music. So that's what I started with. It was like, I need right. to. And I also knew that that it, I wouldn't necessarily have to read music. There's not like notes when it comes like like chromatic notes when it comes to drums. So I knew that, you know, the deck that I was working with, a short a few cards, I was like, I'm going to set the, my targets low. I'm passionate about drums. I think I can do this. And I just became obsessed. Man, that's that's awesome. And I just remember Dave Grohl. He was talking to one. This, I can't remember what the guy's name. I don't know if he's an old blues singer, R&B drummer, whatever. He said, you know, I stole all your stuff. I don't know if it was the drummer. Yes, um, I, I watched that and I laughed so hard. Yeah, so it's a <laughs> funk band. He was he yeah. was obsessed with funk and disco. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yes, he's and huge so, on that, yeah. And just like you said, man, Teen Spirit is one of the greatest songs that I've ever heard. I really mean that. The the, the tension and release of that song is just amazing. Yeah. And I see that you have a lot of that in your music also, which is a, is is fantastic. Uh, it's something yeah, about dynamics. That. Yeah. Yes, yeah. There, there, there's no doubt, man. So that's beautiful. So, did your parents or others who recognized your talents encourage you so, to pursue you oh, know yeah. your music career? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's not a straightforward answer um so my my mom and my dad could not be more polar opposite when it comes to like being <laughs> musically talented is something that you are genetically predispositioned for that doesn't mean that someone can't if you have no musicians in your family that doesn't mean that you can't become a musician right. but i come from on my mom's side a lineage of like literal traveling family bands in a oh. caravan where they go city to city and they play so they can eat that day and then they go right. to the next city like wow. for generations yeah and that has produced like multiple generations of award-winning like operatic singers and phenomenal organ players and we have all over my mom's house we have framed pictures of their you know the, awesome. them headlining these famous amphitheaters in the 20s 30s and 40s so yeah. so my brothers are also very musically uh gifted and uh my mom has always encouraged um us to pursue that including paying for lessons she realized very quickly that lessons are not for me. I just, mm -hmm. I don't take instruction well in that sense. I'm much more focused on creating and less about like rudiments and structure and posture. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so she's been huge about that. My dad couldn't play a kazoo if his fucking life depended on it. So it's, it's been very <laughs> much so about my mom and she's still to this day. And we've even done like some recordings together, which means oh, the world to me. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a she's a phenomenal musician. She's very active in her church choir. Um, and she's just given so much to us musically and encouragement wise that I, I will forever be thankful for that. Man, love and shout out to moms, man, most definitely. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, mom. I know yeah. yeah, yeah, indeed. And you know, and I know in my house, man, there was always music, man. My my, my mom and dad, both of them love music and we they yeah. played everything. And so I'm a that. military kid and we listened to everything. And yep. so I, I thank them for it. And my sister, uh, you know, she plays saxophone. My older sister plays saxophone. And when you said that, I was just like, yeah, I just thought about her playing that Grover Washington Jr. Wine Light album 
a million sure. times. And so that's why I love it so much. I love that album. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's really yeah. great. And so she was well, really- What was like the first album for you that you were like, you knew that you had a musical direction in life. Like it resonated so strongly with you that you're like, I need, I want to do, I want to create this album someday, but speaking my own voice. I, I'm going to say that Run DMC was the first one that made me want to just get out there and rap and do those things. They really were. And that yeah. was because my brother and his crew, they would bring down, they would do promotions. So they yeah. brought Run DMC down. They brought a lot of bands down. And here I am, I'm kind of like offside stage and I'm yeah. seeing a lot of the stuff go on. And so yeah. it was amazing to me. And I'm just like, That's wow. Awesome. And, and I've always been able to write stories very well. And so I've just listened to everything. So when you talk about Journey and, and, and all those, you know, Iron Maiden and Metallica and all that stuff, you know, just growing up, it was amazing. And even mm -hmm. before that, all the R&B and funk stuff and country music. Listen, I'm everywhere. And so good, I'm so appreciative of it. And so I love music. I wish my wife loved music like I love music. She just looks at me like you're a lunatic. You know, <laughs> I mean, they. I say it all the time, but it's a true statement. You know, yeah. my kids and everything. Yeah. I brought them up on everything, so they know music cool. like that, and uh, they listen yeah. to a lot of stuff. And a lot of times, you know, they're like, "Well, Dad, you know, I was listening to this, and remember, you were like, I was like, yeah, I wanted you guys to to be cultured, to have everything. Yeah. Just don't be one place. You don't have to. Sure. Music is." When they say it's universal, that's a true statement. It is universal, and, and I love it so much, man. I, I really do. Do you, do you think that there is objectively bad music, or is all music valid artistic expression? I think it's all artistic uh, expression, because to somebody, it's yeah. going to be good. So I don't really, yeah. I mean, there's some things that I might not like. I just, I just yeah. know that when you hear a song, when it's hot, it's hot. You know, you yeah. can't you can't deny it. The sonics of it, the the orchestration, the vocals or whatever yeah. it is that gets you, it gets you. There's a lot of things I listen to, as uh, my boy Cabo San was saying the other day. He was like, he was like, man, do you remember we were in the elevator and you were listening to the music in the elevator? And you were just like, that is amazing. And he said, I looked at you like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't help it. I hear what I, I, yeah. I like, what I like, but it's just I know yeah. I and so I just love music, man. So, yeah, that, yeah, and listen. So, ladies and gentlemen, you see he went into his podcast specialty and, and just asked me a question. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's yeah. that, 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 the point. So when did you yeah. really know that you were going to go all in with this music? I wish I wish I had a more romantic answer of, like, the Dave Grohl route. If I dropped out of high school and I joined a band and I got into a van and I just... <laughs> went to LA and I lived on, you know, dreams and cigarettes and li lived on a friend's couch. But <clears throat> um, that's not the reality. It's it's much less glamorous and it's much more delayed um, uh -huh. than than what I would have wanted. But I'm also there's a silver lining to it. I think that having my music career taking off now, being so delayed, has prepared me with the maturity and responsibility and business acumen. Yeah. Um, to be able to navigate this in a savvy way that will ensure mm -hmm. more longevity, as opposed to when I was. 19 and starving and just wanted to be on stage and, and probably would have made terrible decisions. So, right. um, for example, when I'm at the crossroads of going to college, which I had to pay for, mm -hmm. which, you know, that I tried to get scholarships. I'm not fortunate enough to have, you know, a trust fund or, or rich parents. Right. And I really, really thought about it. Like I would love to go to college for music, but mm -hmm. I really thought about like when I leave college with a piece of paper that says you have a music degree, mm -hmm. The last thing I wanted was to become a band teacher because I've right. had multiple band teachers who I just know in their core wanted to be 
concert pianists or right. jazz, you know, next one, and and then they're relegated to the shame of being a band teacher. You wow. just it's, they just wear it every single day. So like, I, I never want to subject young musicians to that. I don't ever want to you know acquiesce to not pursuing my dreams. Yeah. So um, yeah, I went to school for uh, marketing and communications and advertising, which then developed into a career of. Um, social media and digital marketing and that so so in a way this wasn't the plan but Mm -hmm. having that route and um digital marketing education and then continuing to further that education after college allowed me to still pursue my musical career and and honing my my craft um individually but not on a collegiate level but using my my professional skill set to build my social following and my digital uh, foundation and those two things have worked together very well over the years. Um, and also not to mention that like my advertising career has funded my ability to pursue wow. my music career. So like I said, it's not as romantic as just getting in a van and going to LA. But um, the reality is, is that I don't think people truly understand, especially now in the era of streaming where it's way more quantity over quality and record labels are disappearing and they don't really serve much of a value anymore. Right. Um, And most bands are lucky to even have, or artists to have one single, even if it's just 15 seconds of a TikTok song that is, that's relevant for 10 minutes, you know, Um, being successful is, is approaching near impossibility. And that, so I have not, I've never, my focus has never been, I need to be successful. My focus has been, I need to art, create artistically i need the catharsis of telling songs and my perspective and maybe the perspectives of those who can't speak for themselves through music and i need to continue my never-ending journey of deepening my relationship with all of these instruments if the byproduct of that is success fuck yeah but that is not that's not my metric of success or satisfaction which has kept me going my brother you are creative and i feel you on that because even though i was doing stuff I, I, I was more like, I'm going to raise my family. You know, I had a wife, yep. I had children. That was the most important thing to me. And so, yep. of course, I did music. I had groups here and there and, and worked with great guys. And, and people would always tell me, yep. you know, I'm in South Carolina, but people would always tell me, man, you're so talented, man. Move to New York. You're so talented. You need to go to California. Yep. You know, you need yep. to do all these things. Go to Atlanta. Go, you know, all the, and I was just like, well, that's on the back burner. The music is is there. I, I love it. You know, I always tell people, yeah. you know, people like, oh, it's a hobby. It's not a hobby to me. It's something I really love. And it's yeah. beyond that yeah. to me. And they may, might yeah. not understand it because it's not their dream. It's not their passion. But but yeah. I'm with you on what you said. I just wanted to I, I'm a creative. And so I love it. Yeah. And 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 success looks different to, you know, to people. And so it yeah. doesn't have to be this or I don't have to be on that Metallica level. Now, will we mind being there? Of course not. But it's, 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 it's not that we're trying to force that or, you know, we're, we're enjoying what we're doing. So when you say that, man, I, I agree with you 100 percent, man. And I love it. And, and sure. I'll, I'll continue to do this no matter what. You know, I'll do music. Oh, yeah, I'll too. continue to write. I write all the time. I can't I can't help it, man. So I love that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, indeed, man. So what was the, the name of your first band, man? And and how many uh, different bands have you been in? So Fear of Water has been my uh what you call it i guess like a pen name or a pseudonym it has been the like my artistic vehicle since uh, high school so that was you Um, okay fear water the whole time okay yeah 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 and 
there have been periods of time where I've had other musicians around me to mm-hmm. be able to articulate Fear of Water music live, but this right. has always been a, a kind of Dave Roll, Trent Reznor type situation where gotcha. I, I'm a one-man band, I write everything, I record everything yeah. by myself, and then awesome. if I can find people to help me execute that live. Yeah. Um, I'm not a control freak, but I just, I've just i definitely been in scenarios where I've offered the opportunity for a democratic approach, uh-huh. and the feedback's always been like, this is what it needs to be. Like, you you nailed it, like... Let's just do this. Right. <laughs> um, so, so that's been great. And I've been able to dedicate myself to fear of water in varying levels of degree throughout the years. Um, right. Currently, I'm like all in on it right now. Right. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I've, I'm currently the drummer for the band Raw. Right. Um, that, uh, you know, Do You Call My Name was a big song. Um, what's interesting. So I, I had that first album when I was in high school and uh-huh. I fucking loved it. And so if you told high school Dave that 20 years from now you're going to go record <laughs> Fear of Water music with the lead singer of Raw, Sahaj Tikatin, yeah. and after three weeks of staying at his house and working with him, he's going to be so impressed by your <laughs> just suite of services that he's going to ask you to join the band. I'd be like, that's <laughs> bullshit. That's not a real thing. So that is what happened. So, you know, and he asked me to join in 2021 after him and I did an, an EP together for Fear of Water. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so thankful for that. It's been an amazing experience. Uh, we've done three tours together so far, um, more, you know, on the horizon, which I'm really excited about. I, yeah. I, I've, I'm a huge fan of Raw. I love Sahaj's, all, all of the Raw albums. Mm-hmm. Sahaj, behind the scenes, has worked with so many amazing artists um, like Starset and Motley Crue and otherwise. Yeah. And, similar to the band. So it's, it's been a real gift um, collaborating with him, both for my music and, and being an extension of his artistic articulation on stage as well. So that's been great. Um, Yeah. And uh, I got the opportunity to um, drum tech Mm -hmm. for the band, nothing more um, Uh, uh. 2022, 2023. If for those who aren't familiar with them, They've been around. They, I think they got signed in 2016. They've had two number one songs. You 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 can hear them on Octane yeah. right now. They have three Grammy nominations. The, their song "Go to War" was in the trailer for uh, "War of the Planet of the Apes." Yeah, um, and they're a phenomenal band. And they their approach to music from a structure standpoint has been very. Um, inspiring to me, uh, and maybe before them, I, I'm really attracted to progressive metal and um prog rock Mm -hmm. for those again i'm not sure sometimes when you speak in those terms people don't really understand if they're not super musically savvy they don't understand Uh but a standard song like a nirvana song is in a structure like verse like intro verse chorus verse chorus guitar solo chorus right so we call that a b a b c b um a band like toto or dream theater or steve i or ingve momsteam or whatever structure doesn't I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but it, there's, <laughs> right. it's whatever they want it to be. They will use the entire alphabet and then make up letters after that. Like, <laughs> um, so I'm at this interesting crossroads where I'm working with these producers who are phenomenal and they have many number one songs under their belts. And I want to take my attitude of like, you can't put me in a box and then work with someone who's great at making boxes. Right, right, right. And getting together. Um, so what's really important, I mean, there's so many bands and songs that I love that are three chords and repeating melodies. Mm-hmm. A lot of good music like that. Mm-hmm. If I did that, I would be disappointed in myself. Okay. I, I, My music needs to be interesting to me. Like gotcha. I need to listen to it and be like, I could listen to this without 
lyrics and still be like, damn, this is cool. Almost like right. I'm scoring um, a commercial or a film or a video game or something. So yeah. um, they, these producers that I'm working with have really helped narrow my focus while not compromising my what I view as my artistic integrity or what my That's particular great. voice or flavor is. Right. Um, and nothing more has done a great job of that. They have really... They make catchy songs that are commercially successful, but if you actually dissect what they're doing, it's way more interesting than a Chevelle song or a Green Day song. Which again, they're great at that. It's straightforward. Yeah, yeah, it's three what chords. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's important to me. Well, listen, man, that's, that that is great, man. And listen, once again, I. I I love when, when when you answer so many of the questions that I have, man. It's just always just beautiful thing. And I just watched uh, the video where you were up there drumming with with uh, nothing more. And listen, it was yes. just, the crowd was just intense, and and it was just you know chanting your name. I was just like, man, this is awesome. Uh, so I, just, I just got goosebumps while you were talking about that, man. Hey, listen. So that was- Good. Literal, literal bucket list moment. So at oh. the end of the Nothing More tour, yeah. and like the Nothing, I, I was introduced to the guys in Nothing More through me being a musician. Not, right. I've never drum teched a tour in my life, but I'm a drummer, mm. so I understand the requirements. A good friend of mine who was yeah. their drum tech needed to move to Columbia to right. be with his family. Mm-hmm. And the Nothing More camp is very, it's a family. It's not like, okay, whatever, if you have the skills. So he, him vouching for me yes. um, was huge. The band needed that comfort. So um anyways it was the last show of the tour at the machine shop in flint michigan which is a legendary venue and then the drummer you know we're doing sound check and he's like do you want to do you want to play a song i was like fuck yeah i want to play a song um and we did i thought it was just gonna be for sound checks we sound check the song he's like all right you're doing it live and it was total dream man like playing playing one of my favorite songs with absolutely one of my favorite bands in front of a sold out crowd was um just the best. Listen, listen, priceless, priceless, yeah. indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah. So you have a lot of great music out there. How do you feel hey. you have grown musically since the beginning? That's a good question. Um, so back to the kind of progressive comment. Mm-hmm. Um, my first recordings are literally like seven, eight, nine minute long songs. <laughs> and I'm, I'm proud of them. And it was, I, I'm glad that I, I went I went that route. Like, I'm glad that I started with like music can be whatever I want it to be. I don't have to be in standard E tuning. This song doesn't have to be three and a half minutes long. This doesn't have to use a conventional melody that's been used in 10 other songs, which is mm-hmm. what makes it popular. Like, yeah. um, so for 20 years I have been, while I'm getting better at my instruments uh-huh. and better at the craft of forming music, I'm also understanding songwriting better. And then, pairing up with people like Sahaj, <clears throat> Sahaj Chikatin and, and uh, Kyle O'Dell in Tennessee. I'm going to be working with Joseph McQueen uh, this spring, which I'm really excited about. These guys are masterful songwriters, both from scratch, but also understand how to take, we'll just say clay and mold it into yeah. a bass. And I like to come to the studio with like relatively fully formed songs. I come yeah. with a bass and I'm basically like, how do you see this vase? How can we shape this vase to be more palatable for public consumption? Cause I'm trying to walk that fine line of like, I want to have singles that do really, really well. Uh, like, so the song that I have right now with um, the features, Elias Soriano <clears throat> from nonpoint, which yeah. one of my all time favorite singers, right. it is for me by my standards, it is a very straightforward song uh-huh. and it is performing really well. It just hit number 10 <clears throat> on the rock charts uh, this week, which I'm really excited about. And, yeah. um, but I have other songs that will be coming out soon that are uh-huh. much more complex, but still like 
consumable. So really just narrowing my focus, honing the clay into a vase that can be enjoyed by more people while still making it very interesting to me and fun to play and different. And really just like the feedback that I get a lot, which is really important to me, is that within the first 10 seconds of a song, a lot of people say like, I know this is a Fear of Water song. And that's critical to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like, instrumentation choice mm-hmm. uh my approach certain uh, syncopation and, and rhythmical aspects to what i do so right. i never want to lose that so that's really been the advancement of of well, while honing my skill set it's working um just kind of studying the success of our industry and also just other musicians that i really uh admire and want to emulate and kind of apply that to what i'm doing but in an authentic way that doesn't sacrifice my integrity and you and, and you're doing it. I'm just telling you, listening to the music, <laughs> you know, you still being you, and then having those other elements come in. And because I know yeah. somewhere down here, I was asking, like, do you allow other people to come in and help you do what you do and things like that? Yeah. For you to yeah. do that at being the creative you are and allowing somebody else to step in and say, like, hey, this could be this or this could be that. Having that openness is a great thing because yeah. you do have a sound. That can be so that that is not could be is is mainstream where yep. it's palatable to those ears that like people just want to dance. I just want to yeah. just move yeah. and, <laughs> and, and just feel good. You've got that. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. So man, no, I get it, man. It's it, listen, it's a beautiful thing. And so it segue right into me about to ask you about. So you've been doing this music for a while, and, yep. and Fear of Water is definitely your baby. And now yep. you have an amazing top 10 hit, Codependent Parasite. <laughs> See, it's just all yes. love when you go straight into things. Yeah. It makes you know everything is beautiful. So fe- featuring Elias, Soriano yep. of Nine Points. So can yep. you describe this feeling you have right now and expound on the meaning of this song? Because I know it means something to you. So, Yeah, okay. So I'll start with the feeling. Um, again, I wish, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. The feeling is not... Fuck yeah, party. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've had this, I've been doing like, so music is, as a career, is something I've been pursuing for 20 years. Right. The last four years, coming out of quarantine, COVID quarantine, end of 2020 is when I was like, so I live by myself, being shut away for all of quarantine, I came out of that being like, no, life's way too short. Like, right. I am seriously going to floor it moving forward. And that started my desire to be working with prominent producers um and then getting a team around me like I'm, i don't have a record label so i need to like find Important. professionals yeah, yeah. so like yeah. Chana. so yeah. um uh as that has been happening i always have this feeling of kind of low-grade anxiety like if something's going well like this song right now has been mm-hmm. climbing the charts for 13 weeks yeah um which that in and of itself i'm like amazed by when i look at the charts and be like i'm above Foo Fighters and Seven Us, and like I'm two spots away from like Disturbed and Shine Down, who's had the most number one modern rock songs of all time. Like it, it it blows. So my imposter syndrome kicks in huge. Yeah, Um, and a lot of it is because I'm isolated. Like this room that I'm sitting in is where a lot of that music comes from. Uh I'm not. I'm not on tour. I'm not. I'm not getting that. Like sounds shallow, but like I'm not getting the validation of like a room full of people singing my lyrics back at me. So. So there's a huge part of my brain is like, this is this life arithmetic doesn't add up. Right. You shouldn't be getting successful off of something that isn't being executed the traditional way that all these other mm-hmm. bands are doing it. 
Um, and I'm working really hard to reconcile those two things. I'm very happy, but like actually us talking right now is a good example of what I'm doing about it is that right. I want to, I want to be capitalizing on that momentum and, and, and integrating myself more with the music community and having conversations about music and what I'm doing. I want to work with way more, um, you know, artists that I admire both like really established artists <clears throat> and new artists. The single I just put out on Friday is with, uh, Aaron Nordstrom of Gemini Syndrome. I have a mm-hmm. song coming out with Heidi Shepard of Butcher Babies on the 27th. Oh, really? Yeah. I have, a, I have a song with Clint Lowry of Seven Dust coming out <laughs> yeah, in March. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like really, really excited. I have many others in the works. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm flooring it right now. But I have this feeling of like, I need to, uh, that I have that FOMO, that fear of missing out. So I'm like, yeah. I, every day I'm like, how can I take this a step further? Again, without like, compromising myself, my morals, my health, anything like that. But like, I'm very in this zone where I'm like, I've invested so much in the music. Now I need to do everything else around that, all the logistics, the business stuff. And again, I'm doing a lot of that by myself. So it is a mixed bag of happy and stressful feelings. Well, listen, man, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to put my name into that mix. <laughs> listen, listen, Let's I'm like, it. hey, you know, me and my boy Matt Acevedo from Plastic Catastrophe and Lord Nelson, man, listen. Yeah. Man, you, yeah. So now, let me let me calm down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever if you ever need my services, I'm here for you, young man. I would love that, man. I, I'm seriously, I like <laughs> so I'll just say that most uh, definitely. I got you. <laughs> I, I mean, that's so, you know, we've each talked about our individual passions uh-huh. for mm-hmm music and what that means to us when you're able to align with another human being and like integrate those life driving passions with each other it's it's very hard to articulate how special that is to people that don't understand so like i'm the opportunity to collaborate and create art with other people is a gift that i'm 100 so this what we have is a gift and and i'm thankful and grateful for it every single day Music is always playing in my head. I always think about my wife. She's like, do you have to sing everything? She's like, it's not like you're a great singer. Do you have to sing everything? I'm just like, I can't help it. You know, it's just music playing in my head. She's just like, stop. Stop making, uh, you know, lyrics about my name or, or what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm just like. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> She's getting in the car. Hey, what the yeah. <laughs> You know, I just get that look. But not. Gonna take a left turn. Gonna take a left turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. So, so yeah. reading your post on Instagram, and I really want to say this. Reading that post on Instagram about this song. And yep. the journey is definitely inspiring, young man. I, I really believe that. It really is. So what Thank continues you. to motivate you in an industry that can truly be one hell of a roller coaster ride? You know, what, what's um, your, your continued motivation? And you're doing it, man. So what what, what is it? I think this, this answer might not make sense. I've been operating from a point of failure for mm-hmm. so long. And, and when I say failure, I just mean I up until the last couple of years, mm-hmm. I've had what I would call objectively zero commercial success. Okay. Which is what most musicians have. Right, right, right. And like I said, my metric of success is, do I feel like I'm becoming a better songwriter? Am Mm -hmm. I becoming more prolific and varied in my approach? Am I experimenting with other genres? Am I open to working with other artists who can like share their flavors or their different shades of blue in my painting or something? Right, right. So I have been succeeding on my personal level since then. 
Uh, and again, like you said, I would, if you locked me in a room for the rest of my life and you just gave me some musical instruments and I knew that no one would ever hear anything I would do, I would make music every single day until I die. So it's a blessing and a curse where it's like, I don't need commercial success is not driving my ability to keep going. Right. Um, it's, that's been, that's a lifelong thing. And one is benefiting the other. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's more so about like working with this team that I'm building and getting strategic yeah. about like release dates and how high of a production of a video are we doing for this? And like, is there an opportunity to like articulate this live or whatever? So, mm-hmm. um, all of that being said, having a, a song become a top 10 is in an, is a, <laughs> a jubilation. Like it's, yeah. it is such an, a wonderful feeling to know that hundreds of rock stations across the country, both their 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 DJs, their program directors, but then their yeah. listeners as well have been embracing this. There's no like I didn't. There's no like here's ten thousand dollars. Make this a number ten song. Right. Just like right. I it, I sent music out and they're like cool. This is this is good and it keeps getting more and more support and that makes me feel heard. Uh, there's a sense of validation there of like the music is incredibly important to me. If it's important to other people and if they connect with it, if it resonates with them, if it's a Mm -hmm. cathartic release for them, for their anger, for their sorrow, for their something they haven't been able to articulate themselves. And that's unbelievable. And it would be my absolute honor to keep doing that. Um, So it's a organic, organic. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Yeah. But organic, you did it. And so when that happens, that's a great thing because it's, it's so much about like, yeah, we can make this happen for, $100,000. $100,000. We This can happen this and yeah. we can get you to all these right places. But for you to yeah. be doing what you're doing and 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 it's just the time for it. And it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I was also asking like was the, you know, so for the codependent, codependent parasites, that title, yeah. what was that yeah. mess? Were you talking about a specific, now yeah. this, is your, this is you, so I don't know. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. said, yeah. I said, I can't let him go by with this. I gotta ask you. I, I just wanna it. know. Yeah. Now, if it's something you don't wanna talk about, it's fine. No, no. But yeah, no, yeah, right. but but I wanna, I, I really wanna know, cause see, I'm interested in stuff like this. Sure. I, you know, cause listening to the lyrics, I'm just like, wow, okay. Yeah. So so is so, he talking about somebody specifically <laughs> or what, you know, that's me. Cause I'm a writer, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so very much so. The person I'm talking about is is kind of yeah. depicted over my, my shoulder here. Um, so the music, the advancement of my music career has been, like I said before, in a lot of ways, a blessing and a curse. And not even a curse, but just like there's something called the conservation of matter in the universe that uh-huh. like um, matter doesn't appear out of nowhere. Uh, it can transition into something. Water can become gas. Water can be frozen, right. but it do- water doesn't disappear. So I feel that way about my life where it's like, if something good is happening in music, something else has to give. Okay. Um, and I'm not a defeatist. I'm not pessimistic, but like pretty well established trend in my life so far that if something's something in some area of my life is going really well, I need to be prepared for okay. some shoe to drop elsewhere. Okay. So I do six months of touring straight in 2022 between raw and nothing more, like mm-hmm. literally straight all the way to Christmas. Um, um, and during that time, my uh, girlfriend, Amber decided to uh, start fucking one of my friends, friends uh, whose name is also Dave, which feels just really <laughs> great. And um, you know, this is coming out of COVID, you know, like you have your, your bubbles, right? The people that you're safe with, whether you're vaccinated or you're just avoiding other people, whatever. So this was like my, this became my community, my, my crew, my, my 
connection to the outside world. And during the six months of like achieving so many of these things and like playing mm -hmm. with nothing more and being on stage at, you know, Aftershock and Louder Than Life and standing in front of 80,000 people, like right. truly unbelievable bucket list shit. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me, this betrayal is happening at home that would lead to literally the complete disintegration of my entire um, social life. Unfortunately, in Austin, uh, this entire group either became completely complicit. Everyone mm. knew what was going on except for me. Wow. So either out of out of apathy mm -hmm. um, or being you know adverse to conflict or, or whatever, no one told me what was going on. It was happening in plain sight because I was gone, and they knew I was going to be gone. And <clears throat> yeah, so it's just this enormous uh, emotional roller coaster dynamic of finishing six months of tour and being like, holy shit, after almost four yeah. decades of my life, things are happening and, and coming to fruition. Then I come home for Christmas. I was like, oh, uh, I'm surrounded by liars and people with no moral character. And um, it was so well established. It had been happening for so long that I, I lost my ability to speak for myself, defend myself. I felt like I had no platform. I had no one to connect to. I had no plan B. I had no other community. And it was like, uh, it, it was very gutting feeling to have <clears throat> not only my, my significant other taken away from me, but to be betrayed by this guy that I considered to be a very good friend. And then to have just the complete support structure of this friend community that was so critical during this scary time of COVID just yeah. show their true colors. Um, yeah, it was super frustrating. It was, I, I, it fucked with me a lot, man, like more than I can articulate. And it really forced me to, I started really writing with a purpose mm. at that point. It's like, if I don't get this out right. on paper um, and explain how these two, you know, pieces of shit are, are connected to each other. There's a magnetism between awful people. Yes. Um, and that, that's, this is the codependent parasites is they're almost like, they're leeching off of each other. They're enabling each other. Like, it's okay if, mm. like, I'm not cheating. If you're not cheating, it's like, if we can justify this to each other, we can make a narrative and tell it to ourselves to help us sleep at night. Right. Um, and then while being surrounded by a, a group of apathetic, you know, pathetic people that are enabling you by just being like, la, 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 I'm not thinking about it. Dave's not here. Nothing's going on. Yes. Um, all, those, all of those people and people like that can go fuck themselves. And like we said at the start of this podcast, life is too short to be surrounding yourselves with people of, of such poor character. And I would encourage everyone to, I call it trimming the fat. You should, mm -hmm. at every opportunity you have, you should trim the fat in your life and you should focus on quality over quantity. If you have one, two, three really solid people in your life and you return that love to them that they give to you, that's living. Uh, beyond that, like everyone should have enough self-respect and standards for themselves that they don't compromise. Uh, with those that that they surround themselves with so to i just created this song i was super proud of it and then i get elias on there which felt so validating and i was like this is so great to bring all of his experience and his vocal talent made it was just that it raised the level of catharsis an infinite level because like this song has reached its full potential and i feel as far as i was concerned that was it i reached the finished line like i went through this awful experience i wrote something that articulated my feelings and experience well it was handled by a professional and I got a featured performer that I truly admire the end, but it wasn't the end because it's become very successful and it's being embraced yes. by a variety of different communities. And it debuted on octane um, in December and the music video has, you know, 300,000 views and like yes. on streaming sites, it's between all the streaming sites, it's almost up to a million streams. So like, um, and like I said, number 10 and the rock charts mm -hmm. on FM stations, like I, 
I, I don't, I'm trying to think of the right adjective. Like it's, it has been so validating and liberating and cathartic. And to feel like I went from this place of, I had so much taken away from me mm-hmm. by not being able to speak up for myself or defend myself, no recourse whatsoever to now uh, the story has been so embraced and the amount of people, cause I've been very vocal about right. the origin of the story that I've had a lot of people reach out to me and share their, their pain and their suffering mm-hmm. with me on a very related topics. And, and they give their suggestions about how they cope or how they, you know, make, you know, lemonade out of these lemons, yes, uh, whatever euphemism you want to use. And I'm able to share the same with them. And it's like, this is what music should be. There's plenty of music. That's like party music and fun or whatever. That's yeah, yeah. not what I make. And if, if I can be telling my stories and people can be relating to it, then mission accomplished. No, it's awesome, man. It's, it's a, uh, I'll give my little two cents here. It's it's a it was a wake up call for you, and um, you know yes. for whatever reason that was their energy that they went. But but the one thing is that amber is not the color of your energy. <laughs> well played, dude. Well played. Not, not at oh. all. So you just you no. just take it as a a life yeah. lesson, and and what happened? That door opened for you. You were able to dig into it. Now it's boom. So now you've yeah. watered and and and. Uh, you know, the nutrients that you put into you. Now you put it all into you and now now you're blooming. Now your sun is shining brighter than bright. And so now you just take it and you maximize everything and you just roll with it, man. So you're there, my brother. You know, and and it's like this. Thank you. Thank you for, for, you know, pushing me to this and allowing me to be that person that I always knew that I was or I, I, I am. And now I'm able to speak even better, man. So listen, great album cover. Thank you, Amber. Thank you. It's 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 awesome. We all thank you. Great song. Yeah. It's all Amber and Dave, yeah. you wild individuals. It's all beautiful. So yeah. Yeah. are there no, any yeah. no, it's all love, my brother. It really is. So are there any other songs in your catalog over the years that you feel deserved the recognition? that, uh, you know, your present hit Codependent Parasites is getting? That is a great question and a difficult one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna think about this more diplomatically. So okay. um, before, before starting to begin with these really great producers, I've been uh, producing myself and recording and mastering by myself. Right. Um, while there are songs that I'm incredibly proud of artistically, um, the real, the objective reality is, regardless of my opinion, that the sonic delivery of them mm-hmm. is not on par with codependent parasites and basically what um, streaming FM radio, satellite radio, mm-hmm. uh, except as like professional quality, great music. So right. I mean, it's for, for the vast majority of my catalog up until 2021, I would say no, but I would strongly encourage people to go check that out on Instagram, on, uh, on Spotify or, or Pandora or whatever. Yeah. It's all available, yeah. but that was all a precursor to what I'm doing now. So, yeah. um, I, I, this song that comes out on the 27th, I think mm-hmm. is going to, um, touch people. It's yeah. a, um, it's a song about, um, the, so I had a really awful childhood. As I said, my mom and my dad mm-hmm. couldn't be any more difference. And, and that, I was talking about that musically, but that also applies to uh, like my mother believes that you shouldn't beat your children. And my mm-hmm. dad did not believe that kind of thing. Right. So, you know, being a seven year old who's getting the shit kicked out of him by a six foot four, 350 pound ex linebacker, yeah. uh, you know, 
has an impact on you. So yeah. um, my mom saved us from that scenario, like literally removed. There wasn't a divorce. She literally just, my dad came home one day and, and we were gone. gone right. And like, we went through it, man. Like we lived in a car for a while. There was an entire year where me, my two brothers and my mom all lived at other people's houses separately mm-hmm. from each other until we could just get back on our feet. Um, and that made this profound bond between me and my mom, um, for, for my entire life, which I'm incredibly grateful for, but it unfortunately has also made me, um, my therapist would call this anticipatory grief that I've become pretty fixated on the inevitability of her death. And, you know, we all, it's just one of the worst parts of the human experience is that we lose the people that bring us into this world. And the reality is, you know, it's hard for anyone to lose any parent, but the reality is I've invested two parents worth of love and relationships into one parent. My father is not in my life at all. He's Mm -hmm. dead to me. Um, so I just have this intense amount of love and connection with my mom, but I'm also horrified and like already feeling she's fine now. She's in perfectly good health. But like, honestly, anytime I go to a funeral, this part of my subconscious kicks in where all I can think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel selfish about that. You know, in the moment, yeah. I'm like crying because I'm thinking about my own loss that hasn't even happened yet. And it's just mm. like, it's an inescapable feeling that I have. And I articulated that musically. And Heidi from, so it's a duet between me and Heidi Shepard from Butcher mm-hmm. Babies, yeah. who most people might know as like this heavy face ripping right. music, but she shines. So the song's a ballad and it's, it's her, her true, gorgeous, clear singing ability Took, made the song exactly what it needs to be. And I think, I think this is a song they're going to give people goosebumps, especially people who have lost a parent before. And um, it has crossover potential. Like it has the energy and the hard hits of rock and hard rock, but it's also has these songwriting and melodic components of like alternative music. And uh, you know, people who aren't into heavy music, I think will also be able to connect with us as well. So uh, that comes out on, on February 27th. It's called one day and um, incredibly proud of it. And, yeah, really excited for people to hear it. Looking, looking forward to it once again. You know, um, goosebumps and everything because I I lost my mom early and and right after I graduated from high school, um, yeah. she she passed and uh, she was sick from colon cancer and she struggled for a long time. And so yeah, my I'm father sorry, now I'm great I'm great with my dad now, but you know Good. my dad was a wild dude and he's admitted yeah. that he was a wild boy back in the day. You know, military guy doing what he does and I don't mind talking yeah. about it, but I love him now. There's nothing I wouldn't do for him. And, uh, you know, he's a great guy. He has made amends. He's in the church now. He's a bishop. He is, uh, he's done all of the things that he he needed to do. But The yeah. amends is a, is a critical part of it. Like oh, it's, man. It's, yes. it's never too late. It's never to too late. That's right. Come back from that, but, but you got to make those amends. Yes, yes indeed. And he, and he has. He sat me down, and I could just remember him saying, it was never your mother. It was always me. He's like, I was just a wild dude. And, um, you yep. know, and I loved him for that. And so, you know, when, yep. you know, having my family and just knowing that certain things that I wanted to do with my family, but yeah, man, um, I, I just would say to you, just embrace everything that's great about your mom. And I know you do and just continue to just love on her and enjoy every yep. single moment that you have. Cause when people speak yep. about their moms, I get emotional about it. And I just want to like push them in the back. Like, Hey, man do more if you cherish it yeah yeah cherish each second because it's it's beyond a beautiful thing and it's beyond priceless you know and having that you know there's so many times that i wish i could have conversation with my mom and and just say certain things to her or do for her that i'm older now and able to do things you know 
But uh, yeah. now, nah, man, I, I I get you on that. So anyway, once again, thank you for your honesty and your truthfulness about that. And I'm enjoying this course, conversation so much, man. It's just it's just amazing. <laughs> so, so so let me say this. Congratulations on your top 10, the swimming. And we, we talked about it. You know, you've already talked about it. Swimming in a pool of popular bands backed by yeah. the big machines because they got that big machine. And and, yep. and 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 you're still winning, which is a beautiful thing. And so, it's wild. It's wild. hey, so so this speaks to this speaks to your perseverance and work ethic as an yep. independent artist. So the question is though, if you have the opportunity to decide what a major, will you do it? Ah, uh, you probably been approached already. Talk to uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's. So some people are absolutists about this. Like, absolutely not. These are you know they just want to put you through the machine, get as much money out of you as possible right. by starting you in a tremendous amount of debt where you owe them money yeah. um, and then spit you out when they're done making their royalties. Um, so like I said, this, my delayed success has put me through the ringer of life, starting my own company and, and developing the business acumen that I know will truly protect me when I reach that crossroads of being able to truly determine the effectiveness and mutual beneficial nature of a contract um, when I get there. So it's very much so something I'm interested in, but I will absolutely maintain my standards and not settle. And I would rather be a struggling independent artist than a successful slave. I got you, man. No, beautifully said. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, yep. now, you know what? I want to ask you a question before. Uh, no, I'll ask you while I do this. So you are the drummer for Ra. Yep. Drum tech for nothing more, as we talked about. Yep. And of course, yep. Mr. Everything for Fear of Water. I always like to say when people play all these instruments, they're like Prince to me. Prince Rogers Nelson, he's a Nelson. Yeah, yeah. We're great. Yeah. It's a Nelson. It's a, it's a thing. I always got to say that, man. It's just love, it's that. Love. love that. Love that. So, so how difficult has it been juggling all these these different things and giving time to them and still giving time to you to where you can have that space to do what you need to do? Uh, good question. I would say this kind of goes back to the suffering as subjective thing. Mm-hmm. Is that objectively, like if I made this into a math equation and just charted out my time allocation and my lack of sleep and what other things in my personal life might suffer because I'm pursuing artistic or business endeavors, um, the, the clinical robotic answer would be incredibly difficult. But the real truthful answer is just that is, it is my life and it has been my life for so long that I don't I'm not suffering. I don't wake up every day. I'm like, fuck, I have to go do this podcast. You know, like, um, this is what I signed up for and it is work. There's no dream component to this. This is a daily grind that has a ton of perks and ups Mm -hmm. and things to celebrate, but also so many head headaches and, and pitfalls and barricades to get through. And I am part of my artistic inspiration and commitment is supported and aligned with my, my business uh, uh, aspirations and commitment as well. So those things work together really well. Um, it's very difficult, but this is what I signed up for. Now, awesome, man. Listen, I kind of do the answer to that already, but I said I still want to ask him because I, 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 once again, my wife will always tell me, she's just like, when are you going to go to sleep? What are you doing? Why is this that, that? You know, I'm just like, you don't understand the stuff that's running through my head or I need to yeah. make this right, or I need to make some content for this, or Matt sent me a new song that I'm writing to, and, and it's just so much, and, and I'm paying attention to you also because I know what we're doing. We're we're independent yeah. in doing our thing like that, and so I'm paying attention. I always pay attention because you might give me that beautiful nugget that I don't have, 
and 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 just seeing your success and and we're doing what yeah. you're doing. But I know that yeah. speaking with Corey Lowry and a lot of the other people, Corey's yeah. the boy. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. about that team, you know. And Benji yeah. Webb for Skindred, you know, just like, hey, Benji, I think he's the yes. greatest front man in the world. And I'm like, Benji, I just oh, yeah, spoke man. with him the other day, and I was just like, Benji, man, yo, I said, man, you know, because I did a show with him in in Paris. And I looked at him and I was just like, you're the best front man I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of them. I, love that. I was just like, yeah. oh, my gosh. And so he's yeah. anyway, just great. Don't get off with a tangent or whatever. But yeah, man. So. I wanted to add this is what I want to ask you, P.J. Farley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he plays with Raw also, right? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Listen, P.J., I have P.J. on the show, man. Trickster. P.J. is a great dude. And, you know, he's out there. Yep. Yeah, they're out there yep. Fozzie doing their thing right now yep. overseas. But uh. Yo, man, just a great dude, man. So I, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned PJ, a wonderful dude. Yeah, it has been phenomenal. So we've we've done th- I've done three tours with Ross so far. Uh-huh. Uh, PJ is literally like the quintessential, like he just is a musician through and through, and he yes. lives on the road. And like you said, he has Trickster, he has Fozzy, right. who currently is in the top ten with me. Yeah. So it's like really yeah. exciting having like right, my bandmate right, right, in a right. different. Like we're both in our different bands outside of Raw, and we're both yes, on the indeed. on the top ten right now. I'm like, right. that's fucking. I got goosebumps thinking about that. So, um, <laughs> one of the like sweetest dudes, and also a guy who has persevered through the absolute peak of yeah. the music industry. Like when he was a kid, he was it's getting right. started. When yeah. Motley Crue was the biggest band in the world, and like all of the excess and and million dollar contracts yeah. and and arena tours and everything, and he's survived through the absolute worst part of the music industry and has evolved and persevered and has uh you know this this is you know uh people get burnt out people fall prey to substance abuse people's families fall apart people run out of money there's so many reasons that someone can't be a musician for 30 40 years and he has absolutely Mm -hmm. fucking nailed it and i have so much respect for him for that yeah man listen great guy great human being man and uh pj shout out to you my brother indeed 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 (laughs) all right so listen you answered once again. You answered so many questions that came down to it, and I just love it, man. This is, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, that's right. when you have greatness, <laughs> when you have greatness and openness and and honesty and truthfulness and all those things like that, man, you're gonna have a great show, and this has been a great one. So, what can we look forward to from Fear of Water and David right. Perry for the rest sure. of 2024? All right, so just came out with a new single uh, last Friday. It's called Systemic with Aaron Nordstrom yeah, of right, Gemini right. Syndrome. Dope. Uh, it's dope. on all streaming platforms. Yeah, the music video is on. You can find Fear of Water on, on all social platforms. Uh, the video is on YouTube. I'm super proud of it. Uh, that really emotional song, One Day, comes out on the 27th. I would yeah. love if you pre-save the song. Again, go to go to Spotify, go to our social channels. Um, but, yeah, I have, I have recording time. My plan is to be recording constantly you know it can take six months from starting with a a producer and an engineer if you even have a demo ready to when Mm -hmm. that song is coming out sometimes it takes a year so right um there's going to be music coming out in 25 that i start in 24 but to answer your question like i'm just every month i'm going to be putting out these collaborations and working with producers and engineers uh and other musicians that i love and respect and i'm flooring it dude like i'm just i'm you're if you like what i'm doing you're going to get a lot of what i'm doing man awesome 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 ladies and gentlemen you just look for Lord Nelson to be on something in the later part of this year. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to take you up on it, man. Listen, <laughs> believe me, I got you. It is. All right. So, so it's, it's all love, man. And, 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 oh, yeah. Man, I'm just, listen, I've had such a good time. I have a great time always because I love doing what I'm doing. And, and so, 
let me ask. So, so let's talk quickly if we can. And I want to get you on up out of here uh, about yep. your 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 podcast. Tell me yep. about your podcast and, and how active so, are you with it right now? Sure, great question. So, the mind meld with Dave Perry is something that. So, I you might tell I love talking. I love like having interesting in depth conversations while getting to know different people with different experiences. Right. I'm even up for like healthy debate, you know, mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to find middle ground between two people who are coming from completely different places. Yes. Um, I have like going through my deafness and coming out of speech therapy has equipped me with a skill set of um, language, both written and spoken is mm-hmm. part of my skeletal structure. Like it, it is um, the most fundamental and important thing to me like the ability to communicate is even more important than music to me but music is a form of communication so um i it really just during quarantine i was losing my fucking mind being in a house by myself for five six months and i just started started a podcast um got all the equipment you can't see it but over here is like my podcasting station yeah yeah and um uh yeah I, i find it's a wonderful way to connect with people and to broaden your horizons. And yes. if you can make an entertaining educational product that is like other people can connect to, whether it's making them laugh, making them learn, making them change their minds about something that's maybe not so great. Yes. Um, I love it. So as my music career took off in 21, 22, 23, yeah. that took a major backseat, but I just put out my first episode in a long time <laughs> last week. I have a co-host now, Ryan rail. Uh, he's a uh, retired veteran who is in Afghanistan. We have a ton of different opposing views, but also our, we unite over music and um, we're going to have some really interesting conversations. We'll be interviewing awesome. uh, other musicians. And then next time I go on tour, I'm going to be doing episodes on the road tour. with yeah, yeah, yeah. artists, fans, bus drivers, mm-hmm roadies whatever so nah, we're, yeah we're, looking forward to it man yeah we're there together man salute to ryan <laughs> man salute to him you know i'm a military kid so you know my father I, a lot of military in my family so i i, I oh, appreciate yeah. it man indeed yeah. indeed so we're almost finished here where or what brings you peace of mind so it's interesting that you you have several times mentioned sleep Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's a bit of a struggle for you because you have that active creative mind. Um, I am, you were preaching to the choir. Uh, it And to the point where, especially as shit was really hitting the fan with that whole traumatic experience that I was telling you about, that like it, w- it was the impetus for me starting therapy, which I am an enormous advocate for and would recommend it for anyone. Yes. Um, but my thoughts, my inner monologue ha- it took control. Of me, and I'm not talking about like the voices. It wasn't like a you know split personality. I'm just saying I'm very in tune with my inner monologue. It's the way yes. that I work out a lot of musical ideas. It's the way right. I do a lot of my problem solving. And I just started ruminating and marinating in agony and revenge plots and what ifs and mm. sorrow. And like I literally could not sleep, and it was driving me to the brink of madness. And right. um, through therapy and through utilizing certain forms of ASMR. Um, I've really been able to get back in tune with my, the circadian rhythms and just, so to answer your questions, sleep <laughs> truly brings me <laughs> peace of mind. And when I sleep, it's a, it is a almost transcendental experience. I meditate into the point of sleeping. I'm not one of those guys that can like, I know my buddy RJ can fall asleep in two minutes sitting in the most uncomfortable right, you know right. position. That's not me. I, I literally have to like go on a journey to sleep and have yeah, yeah, incredible yeah. dreams. I remember dreams every single day that I wake up and I work through a lot of my 
subconscious and trauma and planning and creativity there. So like it's dreams and sleep are this unbelievable, restorative Zen experience for me every day. Yeah. My, my, my wife says that she's like, man, nothing like getting some good sleep, you know? Yeah. And, and that's when you find, you do find peace when you're sleeping and yeah. your body's healing and doing all those things, man. It's a, yeah. you know, this vessel we're in is an amazing vessel, man, of, of what goes on. But you, you said so many things where I'm, I'm right there with you so much, man. But I do want to say, uh, before I ask this last question, yep. that video, man, you, and then it's all you, you know, yep. you, man, incredible. It's incredible, my brother. I'm trying to yeah, tell so you. Go, yeah, quick note on that. So, okay. so if you're listening, go YouTube, Codependent Parasites by Fear of Water. Uh, the director, Nick Stitch of Pattern Behavior, did this phenomenal job of <laughs> there is a band of me. So there's yeah. me playing the drums, guitar, bass, and singing, but there's four of me in the same yeah. room right awesome. next to each other. Awesome. Uh, it's, and watching him do it, the it's unbelievably monotonous what it takes to be able to have those elements overlapping each other. And really? he did a phenomenal job. So yeah, go check out that video. No, definitely amazing. I was just looking at, it, I was just like, bam. I was like, look at this. This is, <laughs> this is fantastic, man. No, I really yeah. enjoyed it. It's a great song. I, I see why it is where it is. It needs to be number one. Yeah. Fozzy and shine down and all of them move out the way for a moment and let this young man come on in there. And do Thank his you. thing. And, you know, Thank knowing you. Eric yeah. Bass from Shine Down and all these guys, man, all these guys yeah. are great dudes. And, uh, yeah. hey, man, it's it's amazing. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I applaud you for doing thank great you, things. And, and you really are really inspiring. You're inspiring me. And um, thank you, I, I, I thank you, man. This is great. So the last question before we get out of thank here you. is what was the last song you listened to? Great question. Um... Oh, what is it? It's um. Oh, so there is it. I gotta. I want to get this correct. So <laughs> I'm building. I'm I'm building out this this list of like covers that I want to do this year, uh -huh. and I'm trying to do them all from genres that I'm not a part of whatsoever. Got you. Um, there is a country song out right now <laughs> called Stomp uh -huh. that I that has this ripping guitar riff that like what sometimes I hear songs. Like I covered "Bad Guy" by by Billie Eilish. The first time I heard that song, I was just like, "Oh, this needs to be like metaled up right. immediately." So, um, yeah, that that get that song is "Stomp" by Ben Gallagher. Um, check it out like as soon as we're done talking. It's, of course, if you aren't if you aren't like doing this by the, the end of the first ten <laughs> seconds. Then go to sleep. Yeah. Awesome, man. I love to ask that question because you never know. With musicians yeah. and what we're doing, what we're listening to, because we love music, man. So that's great. Yeah. So last uh, thing is, man, the floor is yours, man. If you wanna, if you wanna talk about anything, man, uh, just let it, let it be known. Say whatever. Let them know. You already kind of let them know where they need to go. But do whatever you want to do, man. It's you, man. Go ahead and, and speak your piece. Man, I just thank you for the opportunity and the platform. I came into this thinking we were going to talk for thirty minutes, and it's been like a lot listen, more than that. And I love it. it. It Time is flies. I love right, it. Like, right, right. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Yeah. I appreciate everyone who listens and supports art, especially independent art, because it's incredibly difficult yeah. to be heard, uh, to even get art together and out to the masses in the first place. So I just want to thank everyone for that. And I, I hope you join me on this unconventional journey to see what one guy can do by himself. So thank yes, you. Indeed, man. Hey, once again, thank you very, very much. I, I have a new brother in, in, in the music industry, and I'm oh, thankful yeah, for it, man. I really appreciate oh, yeah. you. And uh, hey, I, I can't say enough. Just once again, thank you so much for being <laughs> here. I'm honored. I'm honored to have you. Great conversation, great time, my brother. 
You have. Uh, Thanks, man. I hope to talk to you guys. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we will. We will. We, we, we definitely will. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, once again, it is yours truly, the Lord. Uh, Nelson, that is. Yes, indeed, for the <laughs> podcast Live and Loud with the Lord on the CMS Network with five Royals Entertainment and my special guest, my special guest, one more time for the trifecta, my special guest from Fear of Water, Mr. David Perry. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thanks, my guys. brother. I really appreciate you. I appreciate man. it. All right, man. Be Thank good. You. Take care of yourself. We'll talk, talk to you soon. soon. Yes, indeed. All right, All right, All right. <laughs>